Episode 6, Dear Death. Welcome to Chain of Wealth. Here's your host, Dennis, inspiring you to begin your journey of financial freedom. Hey, Chainers, and welcome to another edition of Chain of Wealth. Today, we have one of our favorite bloggers on the show, a theater-turned-professional blogger, Melanie Lockhart. Her blog, called Dear Debt, is about writing breakup letters to debt, and she invites other people to write them as well. This is something that most people find self-esteem building and liberating. Welcome, Melanie. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. We're excited to have you. So, Melanie, before we dive into the thick of the interview, let's dive into you a little bit. Tell us a bit about your personal life. Yeah, so you kind of covered a lot in a short period of time, but, you know, I gotten a bunch of student loan debt, $81,000 to be um, specific, for two arts degrees. I have a theater um, degree for my bachelor's degree, and I have a master's in performance studies from NYU. And pretty much, you know, these were not going to get me high paying jobs. And unfortunately, I graduated in 2011 and could not for the life of me find full-time work. And, you know, at that point, even after paying my student loans for five years, I still had $68,000 left. And I remember thinking, like, how am I going to pay this back? And, you know, six months after graduation, I couldn't, I still didn't have a full-time job. And, you know, my grace period was up and I realized I could not afford to live in New York and pay back my debt. So at that time, I moved to Portland, Oregon. Um, My then partner was also there at the time and I cut my rent in half and, you know, I decided to start fresh, but Portland was also not uh, full of opportunity for me at that time. And I started out making 10 to $12 an hour. And, you know, obviously that wasn't really enough to make the headway I wanted with my student loans. And so that's when I really started to side hustle seriously and, um, you know, buy the time January 2013 came around. I was side hustling a lot. I was working all the time, but my debt was really a source of depression and shame for me. I just felt like I went to this fancy private school. I got in all this debt and I had nothing to show for it. And I, I just, how am I ever going to get out of this? What am I going to do? And I was so sick of hearing myself complain and talk and feel frustrated and you know, January 3rd, 2013, I wrote my first post on Dear Debt said, I'm going to get out of debt in four years. And I don't know how, but I'm going to do it. And once I set that declaration, so many crazy things happened. And I actually paid off the rest of my debt in three years from that declaration. And as part of that journey, you know, I started blogging. Um, I became more well-known in the community. I started freelance writing and I really leveraged my blog into other opportunities to make more money. And that's now my career. So really blogging has changed my life. It has changed. It has saved my life and helped me pay off debt. So I am totally indebted to my blog and also the debt-free community for supporting me. And it's just, it's been a wild ride. (laughs) It really sounds like it's. So I'm sure starting off the bat, you didn't know exactly where you would be going. If you could go back in time and teach the 18-year-old version of yourself any one thing, what would it be and why? I would say don't go to a private school. (laughs) (laughs) 
you know, I think I, I kind of idealized NYU as this be all end all thing that would open up every door for me. Right. And I honestly think my public school degree for my undergrad was almost a better deal. So my, my advice to myself was don't would be don't go for the private school. It's just too big of a price tag, not that much of a different value. Melanie, on your page, I read that people who die by suicide are eight times more likely to be in debt. Can you expand on that a little bit more and maybe give some warning signs as to what people can look out for and perhaps some resources that people can use? Yeah, thanks so much for bringing that up. I just recently hosted a suicide prevention blog tour where I got 25 bloggers in the personal finance niche to write about this topic because I feel like, you know, people write about debt, but people don't really write about the emotions related to debt, which is kind of really where I've come in to kind of fill that gap. Right. But also, but also no one's really talking about suicide and debt. And, you know, I found this statistic that people who die by suicide are eight times more likely to be in debt. And, you know, I found that to be true, um, at least with the warning signs, because a couple of years ago, I kept getting all of this search traffic from people saying, from people Googling, I want to kill myself because of debt. And I remember the first time seeing that in my search history in, in the Google keywords, and I just, my heart sank and I thought, wow, people, people are Googling this and coming to my blog and I want to make sure that I'm telling them the right thing and giving them resources. And over the years, so many people have contacted me. I answer emails weekly from people who are suicidal and hopeless and feeling like that's the only way out from their debt. And it's so hard. And I keep telling people that debt is not a death sentence. You know, you, you are worth more than your debt. There's nothing that suicide will solve because it will just cause more problems for everyone else. You know, you're not going to just get rid of all of your problems. And, you know, not that I would advocate this at all, but you know, bankruptcy is an option. It's, it's definitely a last resort, but it's an option. I would also recommend going to a non-profitor. Sometimes they can work with you for free at the beginning. You know, if you just want kind of help budgeting and getting back on track, you know, getting those resources first, you know, exhausting all options, I think is really important. And then for the mental health part, I think you, know, you can definitely call the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. If you don't want to talk to anybody, you can um, text the crisis text line, which I believe is 741741. And you can just text and they'll have a crisis counselor respond to you. And it's really a great way to talk to someone without actually having to speak. And you can kind of get help that way. And I just, I encourage people to get the help they need both mentally and financially. I know it's kind of a dual thing. And they both affect one um, and the other. So definitely focus on taking care of your finances and, and knowing that there are resources. Not be ideal. They might not be fun. Um, you know, sometimes we have a lot of shame asking for help. Yeah. So I think it's so important to reach out when you really need it and and realize that there are resources out there. I think there's a lot of times that we have shame in our life and we're we're afraid to ask for help, but. Definitely suicide is not the answer to any of your financial problems and you are worth more than your debt and debt is not a death sentence. So I encourage anyone that is feeling really hopeless about their financial situation to get that help they need both financially and mentally and there's absolutely no shame about it. Chainers, 
look a little bit further and see what information is available. The internet's got a ton of resources that can help you and teach you different things and basically help you get out of debt. And, you know, there's always something you can do. The worst thing to do is to do nothing and to just sit around and think that it's going to disappear. It's definitely not. And quite frankly, if you declare bankruptcy, I know it sounds like an absolute terrible thing, but it's it's only going to help you really for your credit card debts and, you know, maybe um, any lenders that you may own people, maybe loans. Yeah, and, that, and that would be for, for credit card debt because you can't really do um, student loans with bankruptcy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I was about to say, yeah, it's not going to help you for any student loan debts, but however, it can help you you know, just get rid of any other debt, but it's a last resort. It's, yeah, there's no credit report. there are so many options out there. Definitely. Melanie, so you started your blog and at the time that you started, you could have chosen to write on absolutely any topic under the sun. So why specifically did you choose to write on debt? That's a really good question. I think, you know, a lot of my friends, they would have never guessed in a million years that I would choose debt as a topic to write about. I mean, I'm a really creative person. I have a background in theater and music and singing and I have a love of languages and travel. And, you know, I could have written on a million different things. And I think, you know, this would probably be the last topic that anyone would ever guess <laughs> that I would write on. But I started writing about debt because I became obsessed um, something to know about me, an all or nothing type of person for better or worse. And I just became totally consumed by my debt. And, you know, once I made that mental shift of saying, I have no more excuses, no matter what out of debt, no matter how long it takes, you know, I, I realized I needed that accountability vehicle, which was my blog to make that happen. Right. So on your blog, you must have seen some of the most inspiring or dead stories of anyone in the world, as you've probably gone through all of them. So could you tell us what are some of the best stories? Yeah. So I invite people to write dear debt letters, which are essentially breakup letters to debt. And we've had such a wide range of dear debt letters. Some are really humorous and funny. And, you know, people are kind of taking back you know, their mojo and saying like, I'm done with you debt. It's so over. And, you know, we've also had really heartbreaking dear debt letters. You know, people have talked about um, being on the brink of homelessness. People have talked about, you know, wondering if they can feed their child or pay their debt. And, you know, I don't edit any of the dear debt letters. I accept them as they are. And I love them all to pieces. I don't have any favorites. Um, but, you know, I, I'm just so in awe of the Dear Debt Letter authors who are willing to share their story and take that first step to break up with debt. And, you know, I think, as you'll see on the site, there are just so many different types of Dear Debt Letters and so many different types of stories that, you know, I really want to create a community that shares with people that, you know, you're not alone, you're not in this journey by yourself. And there's so many people struggling with debt that are working hard to get out of it as well. And, you know, I'm so happy that the Dear Debt Letter Project has been able to do that and to really showcase a variety of different voices because I, I realized soon enough that 
as much as people might like to hear from me, I mean, it, it doesn't need to be the Melanie show here. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely makes sense. So if someone wanted to get their article published, how do they go about doing that? And how long does it take to get an article published? Yeah, you can go to deardebt.com and go to um, the contact page and get in touch with me. I'd be happy to hear from you. That's fantastic. So I read that you normally have six or seven side hustles going on. So Melanie, what are you currently doing to create a bit of extra cash in your life? Oh, that is so funny. So I probably have less side hustles than when I actually published that. So when I published that was probably a few years ago. So a few years ago, I would say I was a writer, an editor, a social media marketer, a brand ambassador, a pet sitter, a mother's helper, um, and then also an event assistant. <laughs> so, so those were those are the seven kind of side hustles and gigs that I did a few years ago. But now that I've kind of grown and built my career and, you know, become more well known and been able to be a little bit more choosy, I would say that my main three are really freelance writer, event planner and consultant. Um, also, I have affiliate marketing as sort of a subset as well through blogging. So that's about four, four currently. And I think you know, having different streams of income is so crucial for everybody. It doesn't matter who you are, whether you're in debt or not. Definitely. Whether you have a stable career or not, I think having various streams of income can really help build your financial foundation because you just never know what's going to happen. You might think everything's stable and then it's not. Um, you know, even if you just have an extra side hustle for fun money, that's, you know, not going to affect your bottom line, so to speak. So, I'm a huge fan of various streams of income and I'm a big proponent for the side hustle and think, you know, it can really change your life and also change your debt repayment. Awesome. So let's dive into one of those side hustles. You said you're a freelance writer. Um, how exactly do you get started on that? Yeah. So I, you know, when I first started my blog, I was doing all of these side hustles running around town. I was a brand ambassador. I was an event assistant. I was a mother's helper. You know, I was walking and taking the bus everywhere because I didn't have a car. And it was exhausting to go from place to place to place. And, you know, through blogging, I had realized that people were making money as a freelance writer. I saw other people kind of leveraging their blog into these opportunities. And I said, wow, if they can do it, maybe I can do it. You know, I have a master's degree. I, I did write a lot in school. Maybe it's something that I can do. And so I got this one opportunity with this other blogger who contacted me and I got my first gig at $25 per post. <laughs> and I was so excited to have my first, you know, blog post. And um, it was really kind of just the beginning from there. But after that, you know, I really connected with a lot of other freelance writers in the community. And I said, you know, I'm just starting now. And, you know, if you have any advice or if you have any referrals, I'd love to take that. And, you know, obviously really just learning from the best. I think, you know, there are enough people out there doing it already. So take notes and what are they doing differently? And I think the biggest advice I have is to really hone your voice and build your network. Because what really kind of catapulted me really quickly, because I started my blog in January, 2013, and I quit my job, my nonprofit job that I eventually found <laughs> two years after NYU, um, <laughs> in July, 2014. And so people were like, whoa, how did you quit your job in a year and a half? And really that was because of my network. So I had a, a freelance writer friend of mine who got a full-time opportunity at a financial services company. 
and she was no longer able to freelance. And she said, Melanie, do you want me to refer you to my clients? And I said, of course I do. That would be wonderful. And literally overnight, I went from having one client to four. And that was just a complete game changer. And that was just because of her recommendation. And that really illustrated to me that having the right people in your corner and the right recommendation can go so far. And, you know, once you had four clients, it just built from there. And just a few months later, I was able to quit my nonprofit job because I realized that I was making the same amount of money on the side as I was during my day job. It's not about what you know. It's about who you know. Having those relationships is so important. And Chainers, I recommend you go out there and just nurture those relationships. Reach out to people, get in touch with them. You never know how that can help you and how that can really improve your positioning and help you achieve your ultimate goals and what you want to do. Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. So we're just going to take a quick break and say a very big thanks to our sponsors. And then we're going to jump right into the value link round. Are you looking to get out of debt? Check out Katie's blog at chainofwealth.com slash blog. Katie has loads of helpful tips and tricks that can help you get ahead in life. Awesome. Melanie, why do people fail at reaching their goals? I think there are so many reasons that people fail to reach their goals. And I think the biggest one is their mindset. I think the mind is really powerful at making excuses and the mind really kind of the first barrier to actually doing anything. I know before I really committed to paying off my debt, I had so many excuses. You know, I don't make enough money. Student loans are the good debt. Everybody has debt. You know, as long as I'm paying the minimum payment, that's okay. You know, I had all of these kind of mental barriers that prevented me from actually taking the action that I needed to do to get out of debt quickly. And once I really shifted my mindset, I mean, I had to think of everything differently. I had to get rid of all of these old money beliefs that I was holding on to. I had to let go of all these things that I believed to be true. I really had to start at square one again and just kind of get rid of all of that stuff and just say, I'm getting rid of all of these thoughts that don't align with me getting at debt. And that's, that's difficult to do. It's definitely not easy and it's a process. And so I think mindset is number one. I think number two, you know, obviously there are limitations. You know, I was not making a lot of money at all in those first couple of years after NYU. And I mean, I, when I got to Oregon, I was making $800 a month. And that's when I was like, oh, this is not going to really support me. And that's when I had to side hustle because no matter how much I cut back, there was really only so much that I can cut back and then still put towards my debt. And I realized earning more was really, you know, the key to actually getting out of debt because I had cut back everything already. So I think that's also another thing is, you know, there are real world limitations, you know, to to how much you can make, how much time you have, but it's really about utilizing your time to the best of your advantage. And then also making sure that you're monetizing the areas that you can. And also, taking some risks and being open to different opportunities. I think a lot of people have excuses, you know, why they can't do certain things like, oh, I have a family or I don't have a car or, you know, I have a day job. It's like, you know, you have to get rid of all of those things and and find the time. I know when I was managing my day job and my side hustle, I was up, you know, 6 a.m. to midnight almost every single day. And 
I was working seven days a week and I hated it and it sucked and I didn't like it, <laughs> but I, I'm able to be here today to talk to you and talk about being debt free. And I have a much different life now. And I knew that doing that every day for a period of time was going to allow me to have a different life. And when you're paying off debt, it's so important to keep that vision of what your life will look like later to keep you going. And so, you know, I think people fail at their goals because they have a lack of vision, they have a lack of commitment, and they have a lot of excuses. What books or other podcasts can you recommend to our listeners and something you listen to personally, maybe? Yeah, shameless plug. I'm on another podcast once a month called Martinis and Your Money. And we have a fun little happy hour episode with me and three other bloggers. We have Tanya from Budget and the Beach and um, Mrs. Frugalwoods from thefrugalwoods.com and then Shannon from Financially Blonde. And it's really a fun podcast, Martinis and Your Money. And I think it's just, it's fun, easy way uh, to kind of learn about money and learn about so many different topics, how to make more. And then books, I'm really a big fan of Think and Grow Rich and also Your Money or Your Life. Fantastic. So what is some of the best advice someone has ever given you? I think the best advice someone that has ever given me, especially in regards to finances, is, you know, be consistent. I know it sounds so simple, but we often get tripped up by, you know, how much there is to do and, you know, how much we don't have. But I think if you're just consistent and you're making progress every day, it doesn't matter how little that progress is, but you have to be consistent. So even if you can't put as much towards debt this month, or even if you can't save as much this month, but as long as you're moving the needle a little bit, that's really what counts. So be consistent. And, and that goes for all areas of your life too, right? Not just your finances. Be consistent. Be consistent. <laughs> so just find something and basically stick to it. So what's your favorite word or quote? Hmm. I was talking about this the other day, and actually, I think this is perfect for entrepreneurs, side hustlers, and people getting out of debt. So my favorite quote or saying is, I did not get this far just to get this far. <laughs> so, you know, you have this kind of feeling of like, oh, I should give up now. But then it's like you look behind you and you're like, wow, I'm actually doing much better than I was three years ago. Right. If I give up now, I'm going to be exactly where I started. So you have to remember, you did not get this far just to get this far. Melanie, you've absolutely rocked the podcast. How can people get in touch with you if our listeners want to know more? You can find me at DearDebt.com. You can find me on Twitter at DearDebtBlog. You can also find my book, Dear Debt, a story about breaking up with debt on Amazon. Fantastic. So do you have any lasting advice for our listeners or something people can take away? Yeah, I think. Well, the last piece of advice I'd love to share is, you know, all of this is a journey and don't think that you have to do everything right or perfectly because no one does, even us finance bloggers and podcasters, nobody's perfect. So I think you kind of just have to stay in your own lane and do your own journey and not necessarily get trapped into comparing yourselves to others because that is really what will kind of mess you up in the long run. So focus on you and your journey. Chainers, check out deardebt.com 
Melanie has been absolutely fantastic and dropped some awesome value. I highly recommend that you check out exactly what she has to show and maybe contribute to that. Write some blogs for yourself. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe, rate and review. Catch you on the flip side.